All right. Well, I also have the privilege of welcoming our speaker today, the first message of 2023. Um, man, are you excited? Yeah? All right. Well, let's give a huge welcome to our senior pastor, Dan Perkins. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. It is good to be in church. Turn to the person next to you and just say, it's good to see you. Turn to the other person now. Tell them they look good today. I love what you're doing with your hair. Great. All right, well, we're going to get right into it. So why don't you pray with me? We're going to ask for the Lord to come and speak now. There's a word that's been stirring in my heart that I just want to release this morning. And so I'm praying that Holy Spirit's just going to come and speak so powerfully today. So Father, we just welcome you in this place as we come to this time of diving into your word, Father, and and hearing your voice, Lord, we pray that you come and you move. That We pray that you're the loudest voice in this room, Father. We pray that your spirit breaks into hard places in our lives, Lord. We pray for grace to be poured out on this place this morning. We pray for those who are joining us online today, Lord, that you just break into wherever they are and meet them, Lord. We thank you for the hunger in the room. We thank you for the faith in the room, Lord. We believe, God, that you can do more than we can ask or imagine, Lord. We're excited to have a year ahead and we give it all to you in Jesus' name. God's people said, amen, amen. Amen. All right, well, you can open your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. While you're doing that, I wanted to say Happy New Year as well. I love a new year. How many people love a new year? Yes. How many people are over it already? How, how long do you actually get to say Happy New Year for? That's my question. Like, are we saying this next Sunday? No, this is our last Sunday. Okay, who's still got their Christmas tree up? Yeah, okay. And you're still saying Merry Christmas? <laughs> What's the go there? Um, all right. Yeah, well, I love a new year. Um, who here in the room, when it comes to a new year, a fresh start, you would say that you're super intentional, that you sit down, you make time to plan out what you'd like to see happen in the year ahead? Who are you people in the room? Okay, there's about three of you. <laughs> okay, okay, no, a few more than that. Who here, you're just like, go with the flow. There's a year ahead and you're just gonna go with the flow. Is that the rest of you? If you're really spiritual, you're saying, oh, I'm just spirit-led. Right? <laughs> the year is the Lord's and I'll just go as the Holy Spirit leads me, right? Pat yourself on the back. You're one of those spiritual people. The people who plan right now, I oh, know, I didn't mean to throw you under the bus there. But um, I'm a planner as well, just so you know. Something I've learned, though, is that um, how we start something can have a huge impact on how we finish something. And so today I want to speak something just into our hearts. I'm praying that the Lord's just really going to breathe on this. But I'm going to bring a word that I just really think can help us start in the right place for the year that's ahead and for everything that God's got for us. So we're going to start in 1 Corinthians 15. If 
you got your Bible, hold it up in the air and just show us how awesome you are. Yeah, all right, great. Time to boast. It's going to come up on the screen for you as well. We're going to read this big chunk this morning. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 1, it says, Now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel, you are saved. If you hold firmly to the word I preached to you, otherwise you've believed in vain. For what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that He was buried, that He was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures, and that He appeared to Peter and then to the Twelve. After that, He appeared to more than 500 of the brothers at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Then He appeared to James, then to the Apostles, and last of all, He appeared to me also as to one abnormally born. For I am the least of the apostles and do not even deserve to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. Turn to the person next to you and say, by the grace of God, I am what I am. That might be your, your phrase for the new year. By the grace of God, I am what I am. And His grace to me was not without effect. Amen? No, I worked harder than all of them, yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me. Whether then it was I or they, this is what we preach and this is what you believed. Isn't that a great passage of Scripture? That's where we get the simple gospel from right in that text, right there, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that He was buried, that He was raised on the third day. This is what our whole faith rests on, that God loved us so much that He sent Jesus to do that for us. Now today I want to talk to you about the good news of grace. The good news of grace. Now, I am not talking about giving thanks at dinner time. All the hungry people, you're already thinking, I love saying grace. It's excellent because then we get to eat. I'm not talking about grace around the dinner table. How many people are still grace people? Is that, is that an old school thing? We still give thanks. How many people still sing an occasional grace? If you're an old school Baptist, you sing grace on occasion. How many people do the Superman grace every now and then? Yes. Should we do it now? Think. No. I am talking about God's grace and I'm talking about it in an understanding of the undeserved favour or kindness that God pours out on us. Undeserved. Grace is this radical thing and in so many ways it's simple and yet it's so complex at the same time. And I don't know about you, but it was God's grace that got me through 2022. It was God's grace that met me when I was lost, when I was living life my own way. It was God's grace that pursued me, came and grabbed me, led me out of that place, led me to Him and changed my life. That's the grace of God right there. Amen? In Hebrews 4, this is what the Hebrew author says about grace. Let us then approach God's throne of grace 
with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. So what does that mean? What does that mean? It means when I come to God, I can come with the confidence that He has grace for me, no matter what. No matter if 2022 was a shocker, no matter if I think I'm the worst person there, no matter if I think I'm the worst Christian in the world, that when I come to God, that He's got grace for me. Did you see that it's a throne of grace that He sits on? There's plenty of other thrones. that he, It could be this throne of power and just wrath and just punishment, just this God that is unforgiving and harsh, but our God sits on this throne of grace. That's an amazing thing. And I can say this confidently for each one of us here, is that God's desire for us in 2023 is that we would know His grace in our lives. He wants us to get this. When I came to faith, uh, I, I kind of grew up in a Christian family. I was taken to church. Uh, I met the Lord really young, surrendered my life. And then later in life, when I was 22 years old, just God came and grabbed a hold of me in a whole nother level. And I, I describe it as that's when I surrendered my life to the Lord right there. But even at that time, I found grace so hard to get my head around because I was this driven young guy. I was all in. I, I, there was this point in my life where I was like, if I'm gonna do this, I'm just giving God everything. There is no mucking around. And so I was all in. And so I kind of had this understanding that because I'm all in and I'm just gonna do everything by the book that you know I don't even really need God's grace, right? Like it got me here. And then my experience was everywhere I looked, I saw Christians who in my judgment were abusing God's grace. And so grace was this really hard thing for me to get my head around. And I'm so grateful that I had this mentor and I was sitting with my mentor one day and he just like hammered home on a few things. And it was, it was hard, it was tough. He put his finger on some things and he sent me off. And I went and I talked to the Lord about it. I said, is that true, Lord? Like, is he an idiot or should I listen to him? And the Lord was like, you need to listen to him. And I was like, oh, dang. And I had this grace awakening in that season where it was like God just opened my eyes and filled me with his grace. And today I wanna talk to you about two common responses to grace. And you might identify with some of these. I know I certainly do. The first one is this. One response to grace is that we completely ignore it or we don't understand it and therefore we live without it. The problem with this is that it's easy for us to live in condemnation if we don't receive God's grace. This is what Paul said. This is how he described himself. He said, for I am the least of the apostles and do not even deserve to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. And so maybe you're like that, that you live in this space where there's some things that happened in the past. You're not too proud of those things or maybe they were just some really bad decisions. You hurt some people 
and there's a label that's stuck on you now. Maybe you even stuck it on there and you would describe yourself, well, I'm the least of the people that Jesus should love. I don't even deserve to be called a Christian because I did this, this and this. And it's easy for us to live in that place of condemnation. Now, I wanna give you a few New Year examples, all right? Now, I'm not thinking of anyone in particular when I say these. You just see if anything sounds familiar. Example number one. These are kind of like the thoughts that go around in our head, all right? Example number one, New Year. All right, I'm really overweight. In fact, I'm just fat. I wanted to get in shape last year, but I didn't. And I probably won't. That's the way it is. All right? (laughs) I didn't say your name, Pete. How about this one? What's the point of setting goals? I didn't tick off any last year. I probably won't this year either. Life is going to happen to me and it's going to be another crappy year. That's just the way it is. Does this sound familiar to anyone? Well, how about this one from a spiritual sense? I wanted this to be a great year for me and God, but already I'm eight days into the year and I haven't opened my Bible. I am just a terrible Christian. Anyone? Sound familiar? Let's not raise hands for this one. (laughs) But this is the thing. When we ignore or we don't embrace God's grace, then it's easy for us to end up in this place of self-condemnation. We put ourselves down. Now, here's the other thing that can happen is if we ignore God's grace, then we move into a mode of independence where we live life without God. It's like something triggers inside of us that says that we need to actually achieve something to be someone or maybe we need to make a comeback and actually achieve something to be of any value. That's what independence looks like. But how many people know that we weren't created for independence, but we were created to be independent on our Heavenly Father? Amen? So I have a question for you this morning. In reflecting on 2022, was there anything you built? Was there anything that you were kind of a part of any situations where you can see now that it was something that you did without God? that you moved without him, you did it on your own. You didn't talk to God about it, you didn't pray about it at all, you moved without his grace, you made some big decisions without talking to God at all and you went on your own way. It might have sounded like a good idea but it wasn't a God idea because you didn't include him in it at all. It's easy to reflect back on things and consider, hey, did I move through that with God, or was that me running on my own? This is what Psalm 127 says. Some people will know this really well. Unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labour in vain. We can have the best intentions. We can come to this year and we can plan it all out and write all these goals and do all these great things and and try and just make this year a productive year where all this change is going to happen. But I want to encourage you this morning that if we're going to do that, that we want to partner with God. Take some time to find out what the Lord is speaking into your life. Because God might not be saying, hey, this is going to be your most productive year yet. 
He might be saying, this is a year of rest and you wait to see what I'm gonna do in your heart. Outwardly, you might not see a lot. Outwardly, you might get to the end of the year and think, well, what happened there? But I'm doing a whole lot inside of you. So make sure that you search God's heart when it comes to these things and step out with Him. A second response to grace. Like I said already, told this story of my struggle with this. Our second response is that we can abuse it. It's like we embrace grace but then we attempt to use it in a way that it was not designed to be used. And so one of the biggest problems we have across the globe in the church today is this idea of hyper grace, is that we live as Christians in this understanding that God's grace is so incredible and it is that it will just cover however I want to live. And it will, but we abuse His grace in that process. I was listening to something recently and it was talking about this term. I'm going to get a bit intellectual here. Are you all right with that? Okay. It was this term, I believe Martin Luther actually coined this phrase. It's called antinomianism. All right? Pocket that and over the next week, see if you can include it in a conversation somewhere. All right? But I want to read a definition for you. This, this is from the Gospel Coalition. It says, Antinomianism is convictionless Christianity. It sees repentance as a single event not to be repeated. Walk the aisle, then just wait for heaven. Sermons are no longer to expose our sins, allowing us to admit our faults and confess them freely. The Christian life is more about ignoring sin and resting on a foggy concept of grace. If I can put it another way for you, it's like saying that Jesus is your Saviour, but He's not your Lord. He was good enough to die on the cross for you, but He doesn't get to sit on the throne, right? And so we live in this place where we abuse God's grace because we want to receive it, but we want to live how we want. And so it has to fix, fit those boxes that we have. I would say this, if you are someone who abuses grace, then you either have disconnected yourself from Jesus or you have never fully understood what Jesus has done for you. And the flip side of that is that if you are someone who knows God's grace, that you embrace and live in God's grace, then it would have come out of an understanding of the simple gospel what God has done for you to move you from death to life with Him and it comes out of an intimacy with Jesus. If you have those things, you will understand grace. I was listening to an apologist speak on this and uh, in a university and, and one of the students asked this question and said, well, if Jesus' death on the cross pays for my sin, then doesn't that mean I can just keep on going sinning forever and it's not going to be an issue? And the apologist responded with this little story. He said, sure, you can do that. But if you understand what Jesus has done for you, you won't want to do that, right? And he told this story. He said, uh, I want you to imagine that you go to the lake one day with your dad. When you get there, he says to you, whatever you do, 
don't go in the lake, it's full of crocodiles, right? And then dad falls asleep under the tree and you see this little paddle boat tied up, this little boat tied up with oars at the shore. Dad's asleep and you think, hey, that looks like that could be a bit of fun. So you jump in the boat and you paddle out into the middle of the lake. And when you get into the middle of the wake, the lake, the boat flips and sends you into the water, right? And of course, the crocodiles come in. And the next thing you know, you wake up on the beach. You've blacked out, you wake up on the beach and you look over and on the shore next to you, you can see your father and he's wet and he's covered in crocodile bites. And you realise that your dad jumped in and saved your life. And the point is this, when you understand what Jesus has done for you, then you're going to stay out of the water, right? That's going to get into your heart and you're not going to want to move into that space again. And in this context of wanting to start the year just in a place of grace, to head out into our year knowing God's grace in our life, I want to invite you right now just to take a moment to think about what Jesus has done for you. What did he save you from? What did your life look like before Jesus? Where were you headed before Jesus? What difference has he made in your life? How has he blessed your life? I want you to literally take a moment right now to have a think about that. This is what Paul said. He said, For what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures. This is what Jesus has done for us. Now, I want, to hear, I want you to hear this this morning. Ephesians 2 tells us we are saved through, uh, by grace through faith, right? So grace is in there. But here's the other thing that the Scriptures teach us, that we are called to a life of surrender, that we are called to a life of following Jesus, a life of growth, a life of discipleship, that we are called to a life of obedience. That's a terrible word for some people, right? That God calls us into this life of laying everything down and being obedient to His call on our life. And if we're going to live in a place of fear of the Lord, then we need to submit our life to Him and acknowledge Him as greater than anything else in our life, even ourselves that we would die to ourselves so that he would live in our life. Jesus has made it all possible for us. And so I think about 2023 and this challenges me because I don't want to be someone that abuses grace. In the year ahead, I want to walk in surrender I want to walk in obedience. I want to put my life before the Lord and say, this is your year. This is your life. You do what you will. And I believe that if I can do that, it's going to be a great year. 
I believe that if you can do that, then it's going to be a great year, that God has great things for each one of us. There's another definition of grace that I really love. We talk about this a lot here at Hope Community. Grace is God's empowering presence. And I use this phrase, it's a bit hard to describe, but um, I use this phrase where sometimes you can see God's grace at work in situations or on people. And we we just say, oh, I can see a grace on that. Right, I can see a grace on that season. I can see a grace on that person in that role. I can see a grace on that relationship. And some people might say it's like an anointing. I can see God at work in that situation. But there is something powerful when you can see God's grace at work, God's empowering presence come into situations. Maybe you've got a difficult relationship in your life right now. You need God's grace, God's empowering presence in that situation. Maybe God's grace is going to get you through that situation into breakthrough. But my prayer is that in 2023, that we can be people who are walking in God's grace, that we would know His empowering presence in our life. Now, I want to wrap up. I'm going to give you three ways that you can walk in grace. Let's make this really practical today. Number one, first way, create ways to be reminded of God's goodness. Paul was saying, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you. If you are like me and you've sat in church a thousand times before and you've been on this journey for a while now, then you will know that it's easy for things to get familiar. We need to find ways to be reminded of the simple gospel of what Jesus has done for us. I saw this cool idea on Instagram and someone was talking about how last year they wrote down one thing a week that they were thankful for, something that God had done in their life, something that they'd seen breakthrough, just one thing each week. But by the end of the year, they had this huge list of things to be thankful for. Let's find ways to be reminded of God's goodness. Number two, we need to trust the process. God's ideas may look very different to our ideas for the year ahead, for the plans that we have God may have a different way to get to those things, different things that He wants to do. Proverbs 3 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding in all your ways. Submit to Him and He will make your paths straight. We need to trust. And we might get to the end of another year and think that looked nothing like what I thought it was gonna look like, but we can trust God. I did it with you and therefore I know that you were doing something good. Number three, if you're making resolutions in this season, make sure you'll consider how you're gonna draw near to God in 2023. We need to be intentional about growing closer to God all the time. Getting the church, surrounding ourselves with people that are gonna encourage us 
feeding ourselves on the Word, pressing into His presence, signing up for that discipleship course, doing what we need to do to get closer to the Father's heart. So I wanna encourage you this morning. Let's start this year with a perspective of grace. Maybe you had an absolute shocker in 2022. Maybe you struggled with some stuff last year. Maybe you turned away from God. This is a point where you can choose to say right now, I'm gonna receive God's grace. He's sitting on a throne of grace and I can come to Him and He has grace for me. And from that place, I can move forward knowing that He's got good things for me. We wanna start with this perspective. We wanna start by knowing that it's not by strength, that it's not by power, but it's by my Spirit, says the Lord. I'm gonna press into Him and I'm gonna walk into 2023 in His grace, in Jesus' Name. Let me pray for you this morning and we're gonna worship as we wrap up. Well, Father, we just thank You that from the outset of this year, You have arms open wide for us, that Your grace is there, is waiting just for us to receive it, for us to come to You. And Lord, we just thank You that this is who You are, that it doesn't matter what situation we're in, even how we've been living, you sit on a throne of grace that your grace is there for us. Lord, I know that there's some people here this morning and they're looking back just with dread. They're looking back on some things that didn't go how they wanted them to go. And Father, we just, we just thank You for Your grace over these people this morning, Lord. We thank You, Lord, for Your goodness, for Your undeserved kindness that You pour out on us, Heavenly Father. Lord, I wanna pray that as each one of us head into 2023 this year, Lord, that we'll have this starting point of knowing Your grace, Lord, Your empowering presence in our life. I pray for this church, Lord, that we will be shaped, that we'll be impacted by Your grace, Heavenly Father. I pray for the callings that You have on people in this room this morning, Lord, that's gonna require Your grace for them to step into those places, Lord. I thank You for the lives that some people have written off as too far gone, Lord, that Your grace is gonna reach in and save. And so we just give You glory, Lord, as we head into 2023, Father. Open our eyes to just how incredible Your grace is, Lord. Set us on Your paths, Father, so we can see great things happen in Your Name. All God's people said, Amen, Amen. Why don't you jump on your...